You're listening to The Scattered Cat Podcast. This is a place for agents of change, dreamers, and out-of-the-box thinkers to come together for all that is possible and for what has yet to have been done before. It is the guidebook for those ready to transform the world while transforming themselves in the process. It is a space for personal growth, deep healing, truth-seeking, and collective action. For those of you looking to develop your gifts and talents for the greater good of humankind, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Kat, bringing the inspiration you need to accomplish all the beauty you seek and to turn your daydreams into reality. So, Changemaker, are you ready? Hello, lovelies. Today, I am doing something that I've never done before. And that is to read my diary out loud. Yup, I'm going to read you my diary. For those of you who don't know, I did type up my entire diary of over two years and turn it into an ebook. It's available on my website, scarecat.com, and it's called Rising Without Revision. And to share a written version of it is completely different than speaking it. So bear with me. I don't know if I'm going to get emotional or if I'm just going to be like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> we'll see. So um, let me give you a little bit of information before we begin. And that is that my diary is largely about healing from sexual violence. And there will be nothing read that is triggering in a way that talks about the actual events and what happened to me. I would say at the worst, it might be a little emotionally stirring. And I just want to put that out there. So if any of you are very sensitive or perhaps have survived sexual violence yourself, that you are aware sometimes as survivors, It's difficult to hear other people's stories or experiences or emotions having to do with those experiences if we haven't fully processed them ourselves. And sometimes it's just hard in general. And even if you're not a survivor, you might not be in a very good space mentally to receive some of those messages. So just listen to this in the time that you're feeling calm and grounded and safe. So yeah, I'm just going to jump into it. Um, I'll start with the introduction, and I will just see how it goes. I don't know how many, I'll, how many entries I'll read or for how long and what sections of it. We're just going to go with whatever feels right. So settle in. It's story time. Okay. I am a survivor of sexual violence, including three sexual assaults and one rape. I never thought that survivor would be a word I'd identify with, let alone embody in my healing experiences. In fact, I never thought any bit of my life would be detoured by uninvited traumas. Yet, here we are. I didn't journal with the intent of someday sharing these ink-filled pages with the world. In fact, if that had been suggested to me in the earlier days of healing, I would have literally gone into a panic. What I wrote in my journal was, in many ways, an admittance to myself that awful things had happened to me. Sharing the darkness of my mind with others was unthinkable. All this to say that this collection of journal entries, my personal diary, is as authentic and raw as it could be. 
It is the original copy and purest manifestation of my everyday processing of trauma. I'm extending my vulnerabilities because I truly believe it will make a difference in the lives of other survivors as they embark on their own healing journeys, along with those interested in healing in general. In many ways, this diary is a documentation of how I completely restructured my sense of being and have stepped into a a version of myself I love dearly. If my words help guide you in gluing together your own pieces of identity following any of your traumas, then I will consider this ebook a total success. I wrote my diary for me. I'm sharing it for you. Okay, so then we're going to start with the one and only journal entry from 2018. Sometimes I wonder what people would think if they read what I wrote after I had passed away. It makes me tear up for some reason, thinking about being dead. I'm afraid to reincarnate into someone I don't know. I like who I am, and I don't want to start over as someone new. I'm not depressed, but it crosses my mind at times that it would be okay if I passed away. Maybe I am a little depressed. But I don't know. It scares me and makes me sad to think that I could lose myself. I honestly don't know if any of this makes sense. Why am I mourning myself when I'm still alive? Actually, I know why. In my soul, I feel pure. I feel like my energy is good. Beautiful, even. The world makes my soul sick. Being raped made my soul sick. I'm mad and sad for the piece of innocence that I lost. I'm mad that I have to carry that memory in my head. I'm mad that I have to look at everything and everyone to assess if they are a threat or not. I can't even take a fucking shower without the paranoia that I will be attacked. It's no help that the water doesn't wash away the filth inside. All I can think about is if ex-boyfriend's name found out. So far I've been told, this is always your problem. What were you doing? Were you alone? You went out by yourself? The words feel heavy on me. The world feels heavy lately. I know that I will grow and look back on this in a healthier manner. But Glob, I feel like the ugly is on the front cover of any story read about me. But that's fine, because I'm still better than that shit. I'm strong and I will show my soul that I can still exist here and be who I truly am. With the ugly or not, I am not what happened to me. Suck on that, rapist name. And whatever names are the other ones. LOL. You don't even get names, pieces of shit. Yikes, guys. <laughs> I haven't read this in a while, so reading that, I'm like, oh my poor past self. Onwards, we're going to go into 2019. So, two twenty three nineteen. To think that I'm alone is to unravel myself completely. Blinded by sadness and tears unwept, I stop and remind myself to breathe. To be alone is to have no home, and this is not the life for me. I belong in the hearts of many and many more to come. 3.17.19 I'm convinced that my soul is awakening, rising up from the dust it settled in. I'm restless, stirring, waiting. Change, direction, clarification, all words that I crave to become true. I invite the possibility to be brought back to life. 4.12.19 It's hard when you sense that the people closest to you don't believe in you. It brings around those doubts about your own abilities to succeed. If they were to simply say, I believe in you, they propel you forward instead of taking you back. I'll need to believe in myself so fiercely that it won't matter what others believe. Taking a leap of faith. 5919. 
I have anger in my heart tonight. It threatens to come out in tears, in rage, in the unraveling of myself. I'm mad. Mad that I'm still dealing with shit. Ten months of therapy seems like a long time. Why does it take so long if I've been trying so hard? Seven, sixteen, nineteen. I'm feeling down, somewhat incomplete. I know I'm here in Minnesota to become stronger, but right now I'm feeling weak. My head is throbbing, my neck and shoulders tight and sore, my jaw is stressed, teeth clenched, and I'm breaking out constantly. Worse, I can't stop picking and scratching at my skin. I spent hours on Bumble swiping and swiping. I saw my ex-lover's name. It made me feel surprisingly sad. I think after swiping so long and then seeing him pop up, it made me feel like only he could want me that I'm not really lovable by anyone else. Funny I thought this about my ex-boyfriend's name, too. Why is it that I think so very few people could love me in the depths of my feelings? Why doesn't that list include me? Yeah, yeah, I already know this is a lack of self-love thing, but damn, I'm sick of this. It is so much easier to find someone to fill the gaps of my self-worth. Unsustainable, but it always felt worth it in the meantime. But it's not worth it. Every time I give in to my old patterns of behavior, I carry more guilt and need to start over. What scares me, though? Will I ever be able to remain full, even in a relationship? I'm usually very quick to lose myself, a self-sacrifice for love based on instability. I don't know. Maybe I'm not meant to be loved. This makes me cry to write. This must be the underlying belief that traps me into settling and bending into shapes that are not my own. Do I truly believe that no one could love all of me? Yes. Perhaps because I think to be loved equals to be understood. Ouch, guys. <laughs> but I remember that. I remember that a lot. Um, for a very long time, I felt that there was no one in the world that could possibly love me in a romantic way. And I think that comes with being a survivor and experiencing the opposite of love. Um, whether that be hate or fear, just an act of hate done onto you from someone else. When you go from a state of victimhood and try to think about love, it feels so, so incredibly far away. And so love is kind of a recurring theme throughout my diary, wondering if I could have love in the future and doing a lot of thinking about past relationships and what love looked like in them. Yeah, um, let me scroll a little bit, and we'll keep going. I don't know how much I'll keep reading, but I'm kind of into this. It tugs on my heartstrings a little bit to read these past versions of myself, but at the same time, it's a really good reflection that shows just how far I've come from back then to now and how much work I've done to get to my current version of self. So, yeah, here's an, a lighter one. Seven twenty nineteen. I think little by little I am learning how to not self-destruct, how to choose to love myself instead of creating situations to tear myself down. I need to keep practicing to keep moving forwards. Yeah, there starts to be a shift in this point of time where I become more optimistic um, I've done some of the initial healing work and it's cleared some space for me to be hopeful or at least curious about what a better life looks like. So there's some words of gratitude here, a little list from 7.30.19. Seeing Cleo's ears peek over the bin at the top of my closet. A quote from my dad that says, Being your dad, I'm asking you to sleep well tonight. 
princes, rainbows, whales, and brats. Love you. My Argentina map reminded me of my dreams and the world I have left to see. Sunshine and finding new Brighton Beach. Getting to start over each day. And then a little piece of poetry I wrote. The flower has many opportunities to bloom. Each day a new phase. Each night a new moon. Okay, I think this is the last one that I'll read. And if you guys enjoyed this, I can do another reading of some of the later entries because there are a lot. I think there's over 200 in here. Um, and this is just scratching the surface of it. But let me read this last one because I think that it offers quite a bit of insight. Okay, eight eleven nineteen. Coffee thoughts while drinking Starbucks in bed on a Sunday morning. Yesterday I felt truly happy. My smile was wider, lasting long enough for my face to tire. It was strange, but not in a someone-is-going-to-take-this-from-me or an eerie sort of way. It was strange because of how genuinely I felt this happiness, a feeling I had forgotten existed. This happiness was not a cover-up or a way to forget my traumas. It was an acceptance of these traumas and being full, happy, energized, regardless. The weights are lifting. I feel it, and it is good. So yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you guys if you listened to this. Um, it was good for me to read some of this and to read it out loud. Definitely added another level of realism to it. So sincerely, thank you for listening. And if you want me to read more, please let me know. Reach out to me on social media or on the blog or at my email, scattercat1 at gmail.com. And if you want to support me and actually buy the diary, it's on my website, scattercat.com. Again, it's called Rising Without Revision. And yeah, I will talk to you very soon. Sending lots of love.